0: KYW original podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. There's a lot we don't know about this coronavirus that has us all on lockdown right now. And if you look on the internet, you can probably make it about five minutes before you run into five different theories about where the virus came from. So I reached out to Dr. Susan Weiss. She's a professor of microbiology at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Penn. And she's been studying different types of coronaviruses for years. I asked about how this coronavirus started, about other diseases that have been transmitted from animals to humans, and what makes this virus different from the one that came before it. So just to start, uh, can you tell me what you do at University of Penn and about your research on coronaviruses?
1: I'm a professor in the Department of Microbiology at the Perelman School of Medicine at Penn. Um, I'm also the uh, co-director of our new Center for Research on Coronaviruses. And I've been at Penn since 1980 and that's when I began my coronavirus research. So I've been working for many, many years on the mouse coronavirus. It's a model virus that um, has really taught us a lot about basic, uh, the basic biology and life cycle of coronaviruses. And it, it also has a really nice mouse model for, um, provides a nice model for studying hepatitis and encephalitis. And then in more recent years, I've also worked on MERS coronavirus, um, which is the other pathogenic respiratory coronavirus other than SARS. And most recently, my lab is actually working on SARS-CoV-2, the the new virus. Uh, So I've had a very long history of working with coronaviruses. I feel like I know them really well. uh, And it's absolutely really frightening and startling what this new one is doing to the world.
0: Yeah, you were really thrown into the spotlight since you were already studying coronaviruses and now this yes if you can how do scientists go about finding the origins of these viruses is is there really a way to know exactly where they started including this COVID-19
1: well, we don't know about it. And remember, it's SARS-CoV-2 is the name of the virus. COVID-19 is the disease. And a lot of people are confusing those two, but just to me as a virologist, it's... And, and just I'll just back up for one second. We call it SARS-CoV-2 because it's very, very close to the original SARS, um, which we know came from bats. We know that SARS and MERS came from bats, and we, we think that this virus came from bats. Um, one way to... to to know for sure is that it, to find a virus that is a very similar sequence in bats, so basically a precursor virus that may change as it adapts to an intermediate species and then um, to to humans. Um, so I guess the only way you know for sure is to find that precursor virus. Um, you can also find viruses that are very, like, for example, for SARS-1, vi- the virus in the civet, which is the intermediate species, is very similar to the human virus. So So the bat virus kind of adapted to the civet and then to the human. And, and oftentimes this, this involves changes in the spike protein. Everyone talks about the, that's the protein that recognizes its receptor because it may not, the original bat virus may or may not recognize the receptor in, in the intermediate species or, or in the human. Um, so that's kind of, kind of how you can tell. Um, that's the simple way that you can tell. And we don't know, of course, we don't know for this virus. We presume it came from bats. We haven't found, nobody has identified the the bat precursor and nobody's found this virus in an intermediate species yet. And that's certainly been looking, people are looking for that.
0: Yeah, and, you know, speaking of, you know, the speculation of where this coronavirus started, um, a lot of it is pointed to the wet market in Wuhan, China. Can you just explain what a wet market is and what a wet market looks like in China?
1: I don't know exactly what it is. I assume it's a place where you can buy all sorts of, of animals to, to eat. Like the civet was is a wild animal, well, not a wild, it's a farmed animal that was used for food in China. Um, and, that, and I think after um, the SARS epidemic, there was an effort to wipe out the civet or stop allowing farming of it. I think it's still around, but I, I assume it's a market where you can buy Uh, by these sort of more exotic animals. But like I said, I've never been to one. I've been to Wuhan, but I've not been to the market.
0: Why do people think that it started in the wet market?
1: Probably because the first known um, patients had been to the market and they were associated with the market I, I think that may not be the case that that I think it's pretty clear now that they weren't actually the first patients to have the disease and also because of these animals that are found in the mark in these markets like civets for example
0: right and you know the other part of the origin right now people are speculating that it could have been created in a lab. Um, What would you say to people who are kind of pushing that idea right now that coronavirus was created somewhere in a lab?
1: There's two there's two things. What was it? There are two different rumors. Right. Two different. uh, One of them, I think, is a conspiracy theory that it was that it was that it was uh, constructed in a lab, I think, is completely crazy and wrong. And I'll tell you why that it came from a lab that somehow was a bat virus that escaped from a lab. I think it's unlikely, but that's hard to completely disprove that theory. But the first theory that that a lab made it is really crazy in my mind because um, if you look at the sequence of this virus, it's similar to SARS-CoV, the original SARS, but but it's different all across the whole genetic material across the genome. So I don't, and it doesn't, its sequence doesn't resemble any known virus. So it would be really Hard to imagine that's that any diabolical person could even imagine how to create a virus that would be so um, so pathogenic and so bad so it, it just it just doesn 't make any sense that it would that it could have been constructed by a human i don 't know how they ever would even if you wanted to how you could ever design a virus like that more likely they would take a backbone of another virus because a lot of these viruses are cloned into DNA and then, you know, do something to that to make it look a little different. But this is not that. This is clearly not that. So, yeah. So I I think that's really not a very plausible uh, theory. Right.
0: There's (laughs) there's always some kind of conspiracy theory out there.
1: Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean, the Chinese Uh, say that the Americans made it sometimes. uh, So it's like, you know, nobody made it. Um, can we dig a little
0: bit more into the animal to human transmission of diseases? It seems like every couple of years um, there is, you know, a disease like this that spreads wildly. Uh, what, what's so special, though, about something like this, uh, where in this coronavirus case, one person, maybe a couple people got it, and then the entire world shut down in a
1: matter of months? Uh, Has something like this ever happened before? Well, the flu way back in 1918. But I I think the reason why this has been so incredibly frightening and shut down the world is because of the way it spreads, not because of the actual genetic material or the actual genes that it contains. Because like I said, it's really close to SARS. And there's no way of looking at the genes of, of, of predicting that this virus would be much worse. So the reason... I mean, it's kind of a more like a public health reason that people that get this virus, a lot of people can be asymptomatic or at least asymptomatic for quite a while while they're still carrying the virus and shedding it. So it can spread inapparently, whereas... Other viruses like SARS and MERS, when people get them, they're really sick. And so they're in the hospital and they're isolated. And that's how SARS lasted for eight months or so, the original SARS. And the reason was because people were sick enough to be put in the hospital, isolated, and, and the medical people um, learned how to take care of them so that, so that it wouldn't spread any longer. So it really... It's not so much about the transfer from the human to the, I mean, from the animal to the human, that it's really the way it spreads among humans that's, um, that I think makes it different from the other viruses, most of the other viruses, and that it's, path- and that it's so highly pathogenic that it, you know, it makes people, some people really, really sick
0: right right a lot of people say you know it, it's still comparing it to the flu that we get the flu every year but this coronavirus is is very different than other ones that have that have happened already
1: yeah that's the other difference that with the flu there are new flus every year and flu actually changes a lot more than coronaviruses do so so you get vaccinated every year because the flu is a little bit different but but this virus, like nobody and nobody has immunity to it at all because it's so different from all the other coronaviruses. So that, that's that, that's really another important fact that. So I think if once we have a vaccine, um, then we'll be you know, I think I predict that we'll be pretty well protected if we have a vaccine. It's not going to I, it's unlikely that this virus is going to change radically from year to year to require a new vaccine every year. I could be wrong about that, but I, I that's what I would guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Going back to the wet markets a little bit, I know um, you said you don't really know much about the ones overseas, but I was looking up, you know, if there's any here in America, even in Pennsylvania, and I found a whole bunch. Is there any danger surrounding them here? Um, You know, what's kind of the difference, I guess, from markets maybe wet markets here in Philly or New York, that's different to uh, a Wuhan wet market?
1: Probably the animals that are in them. Well, first of all, the the uh, North American bats do not carry uh, SARS-like viruses. That's been looked at a lot. So I think that's one comforting fact, because there are innumerable species of bats. I don't even know how many, Re- uncountable practically. And, and Many of them carry uh, viruses, so a lot of, like Ebola, is carried by bats and Nipah um, A lot of, a lot of really dang- viruses that are dangerous to humans, but we don't see those viruses in bats in this in this location. So that's one thing. Um, I, I don't know if we have the same kinds of animals, um, wild kind of animals, um, or well, I don't know. I think I think. Maybe the difference is that we don't have that bat reservoir here of those of those kinds of viruses. We may have other viruses in bats, North American bats, and the bats are all different too so what well, what are what, what animals are sold in a local wet markets i don't even know that
0: um I did I found a couple in Philly. It seems like it was mostly chickens, um maybe ducks in a couple but i there wasn't really much listed. I don't know if it was then no real websites, just kind of like, you know, wet market here. And then I was trying to read some reviews, but uh, I don't think it's anything uh, compared to what is sold in an overseas wet market
1: from what I found. You know, coronaviruses infect chickens, one of the oldest, not this coronavirus, I don't want to frighten anyone, um, but Uh, One of the earliest described coronaviruses is called IBV. It's infectious bronchitis virus of chickens, but it doesn't infect humans, as far as we know. (laughs) No, it doesn't.
0: Well, I'm very comforted to hear that bats around this area don't carry it, because I actually had a bat in my house a couple weeks ago, and I was very um, freaked out. (laughs) First time it's ever happened.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the other thing is, I mean, we don't know for sure for this virus, but the first two, the SARS one and MERS, both came through intermediate species. So it's not like it went from. So a lot of the viruses from from bats are unable to infect humans. We don't know. We know now that there are some um, SARS-like bat viruses that can infect human cells anyway, but we don't know of any real transfers from bats to humans. Although. Who knows I mean, and bats bats get an enteric disease, so it's the bat guano or the the feces that would have viruses in it, and maybe I just envision in, in the market the bat feces might be mixing with the with the live animals somehow um, yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. um Is there anything else that you want to add or um, you just kind of want to let me know about your research and what you're doing right now? Uh, to look into this
1: coronavirus? Okay, so I'll just tell you briefly the kinds of stuff that my lab does is we're really interested in how the viruses prevent the host cell innate immune immune, uh, defense. And coronaviruses, one thing in general, they're really good at shutting down the host innate immune response. So we're trying to just starting to work with SARS-CoV-2 and try to understand to what extent it's able to shut down the host and which genes... Um, control that, and and actually, we're going to starting to compare it to some of the stuff we've actually done with MERS, and um, and and actually, as I said before, we've learned a lot from the mouse model, so I'm still interested in in working with the mouse virus as well because it's it's not it's it's a low it's it doesn't infect humans. So one of the things about working with these viruses is you have to work with them under high containment, biosafety level three, it's called. So you're wearing like a a PAPR or, or or an N95 mask yeah and it's the work there is is slow and cumbersome compared to what you can do in a, in a regular lab. So some people, including me, have done a lot of work on the, on these model viruses that can be worked on right in your regular lab. So, yeah, so that's where i'm I'm at. Well, the other thing we've been doing is really trying to help some of the clinicians and just trying to figure out how to inactivate the virus so we know when it's safe to to work with uh, clinical samples and things like that. It's kind of a community service part of the of um, what my lab is doing. And I'm working wow. at home, right, because I'm over 65. And, uh, but, but people in my lab are working really hard um, to, to, to work on this virus, the new virus.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area or how it's affecting you, subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.